When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. There's not much time left in this college football season, so hey, go bet it at my bookie. Use promo code GATERS on a deposit of $50 or more, and you can receive up to $200 in cash instantly to your MyBookie account. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. Gators Breakdown. Because there's never a dull moment in Gator Nation. The Gators Breakdown Podcast is ready to go. I'm your host, David Waters. You can find me on social media at GatorDave underscore SEC and at Gators Breakdown. Here we are, Monday night edition ahead of Florida State. And joining me tonight, hey, that's not Will Miles. That is Seth Farnador joining me right here on Gators Breakdown. Will is in Florida. I'll actually see Will in person Saturday for the Florida State game, but he's in in the state visiting family. So um, we got Seth here. Like we have a couple times this year and uh, always bringing it and his latest at GatorsBreakdown.com. Basically saying Florida's got to become a winning team, a losing team right now. We'll get into a little bit of that as well. But Seth and I were uh, joking before we came on here that hey, there might be some good news for Florida this weekend, Seth. <laughs> we, we got, there's a couple. I just thought of another. we got a couple of good trends in Florida's favor here. Uh, the first one is I also cover USF, so um, sometimes I'm at a game for USF and, and can't put my full attention on the Florida game because they're at the same time. And I, I think Florida's won every game. I haven't been able to watch in full, and they've lost everyone I've been able to watch in full, so. Uh, that might be uh, an issue. And then the other trend I just thought of is I, th- I think I came on before the Tennessee game yes. by myself. So yes. undefeated. Hey, man, we're going to keep the trend going. Kirk, uh, go. uh, Kirk and Herbie are calling the game uh, Saturday as well for the Gators. They there called the Tennessee game. So, hey, there we go. We're just we're just, we're just just getting all the good mojo going. In, yeah, uh, you can watch that whole game. It's a USF game, so it all lines up. Yeah, there we go. So, there we go. Hey, guys, if Florida wins, we're coming back to this. I'm just going to replay it. <laughs> we're going to come back to this and uh, and really uh, we'll have to figure something out, some combo out uh, to, to get this cute and keep it going for Florida. But, uh, hey, Seth, uh, thanks for joining me right here. Thanks for everything you've been doing at GatorsBreakdown.com this season as well as the season comes to a close, um, at least the regular season. Hopefully we get one more bowl game to talk about for the Gators. But uh, – uh, thanks for your uh, input there uh, all season long there at GatorsBreakdown.com. Skimming with Seth, the whole uh, series he's been there uh, since, the, since the beginning uh, of GatorsBreakdown.com. So, guys, there's a lot more to check out there. Billy Napier's full transcript from today. And also a look into Graham Mertz's season. He will not play the Florida State game. Uh, did a nice little write-up about him, his bounce back from Wisconsin, all the stats he's provided for Florida this year to help this offense take a step. So uh, good stuff there at GatorsBreakdown.com. And if you want even more, go chat with some Gators Breakdown fans. You can go to Gators Breakdown Plus. Link is in the description. Extra episodes, ad-free episodes. You get the Discord chat. Seth pops in there every now and then as well to talk some scheme stuff there in the uh, 
football no recruiting channel, of course, because we know how recruiting goes. <laughs> so uh, a lot of good, just pure football talk out there uh, on Gators Breakdown plus Discord. Access to all of that. Link is in the description for Gators Breakdown Plus. So just mentioned it, Seth, and let's get into it. Grammertz, uh, of course, will not be available for Florida on Saturday versus the, the, the Seminoles. As expected, um, suffering a non-displaced collarbone fracture per Billy Napier. Surgery hasn't been ruled out yet, but there won't be answers on that front for roughly about two weeks. And, um, quote, it was, is what Billy Napier had to say today. We took another image yesterday. We felt good about that image. Uh, we're basically going into a two week period here where we're going to give a chance for the fracture to start the process of growing back. And then we'll reevaluate things. I think in the meantime, we're going to do exhaustive research on like cases in college football and the NFL relative to players that have been through similar injuries, just making sure we're giving him the best map for him going forward with the rest of his career. So Seth, of course, transferring from Wisconsin. We didn't know what type of quarterback we were going to get here at Florida. I had you on in the offseason. We talked yeah. to Graham Mertz. <clears throat> hey, one more trend. You talked about Graham Mertz. Hey, and he comes and does some good things for Florida at the quarterback spot. Um, so you know, four seasons at Wisconsin, starting quarterback for three years, 5,000 yards passing there, 38 touchdowns, 26 interceptions, just under 60% completion percentage. We were wondering, wondering if he came to Florida, would he be able to get with a run game that would help, you out, help him out? Would he be able to get to some athletes at receiver that would help him out? Offensive line, well, he's had to overcome <laughs> an offensive line yeah. there. So uh, really good bounce back for him, and it's sad that we won't really get to see him play on Saturday. Yeah, he's had a really, really good season. Um you know, I thought he was talented, and that's kind of what we talked about uh, in the offseason. I thought he was talented, but he he kind of lacked consistency at Wisconsin. Now, some of that was uh, situations he got put in and maybe some players around him as well. Um, but that was my biggest question coming into the year. Could he be consistent, and or could he be a guy that kind of flashes consistency for the first time in his career? And you see the numbers up there. It's, I mean, it's it's hard it's hard to get better than you know almost seventy three percent. Uh, completion percentage, right? So that that's pretty consistent. All his numbers are up pretty much across the board from last year, and he's playing, I think, a tougher competition. So um, I think he gave you about everything you could have expected and more. And was you know, I think if you would have thrown these stats out before the season and asked everybody what Florida's record was, <laughs> it would be a lot better <laughs> than five and six right now. So. Yeah, we'll get into that, too, because of uh, this defense. I got some conference stats, but, yeah, it, it shows you uh, right there. For, I mean, he, merch production, significant improvement this season at Florida compared to his last year uh, at Wisconsin. That's a comparison you see here if you're watching the YouTube version. Uh, but 11 games this year for the Gators, Mertz was 261 for 358, resulting in 72.9%, basically 73% completion percentage. Also averaged 8.1 yards per attempt. Maybe the only bugaboo that you can put there for him is maybe you like to see that a little bit higher. Uh, but throwing for 20 touchdowns, only three interceptions. And Seth, that's the big one. You look at interceptions as well. 
Um, I put too much there on the graphic. He only had three interceptions there in, in 2023. I'll, I'll have to fix that. But, yeah, only three interceptions there in 2023. I don't know why I put 11 there. I don't know where I got you're, that. You Roman numerals before last game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. Uh, only three interceptions here this year in, in 23. But you go back to last year, he had 10 interceptions. I mean, seven less this year and throwing the ball more uh, and, and a lot less interceptions there. Uh, one more touchdown this year and one less game. Uh, and then look, the completion percentage up 57.3% last year, up to 73% this year. Like I said, throwing the ball uh, a, a bit more, probably would have been around 100 more attempts uh, if he would have played versus Florida State. So uh, Graham Mertz, of course, you know, as I said, and, and Seth, honestly, uh, for the way, just the way it happened too, uh, of course, it was the – Hard hit. I mean, he was wearing number fifteen. He looked like Tebow out there for a play, running uh-huh. over guys, and that was the that was the weird part. And of course, I'm sure it was adrenaline was a big part of it. But um, talking about the offensive line, I mean, how many times this year he's had to show that toughness? How many late hits probably should have been called? How many hits <laughs> in that game alone? <laughs> in that game alone. Yeah. Uh, and, and so yeah, it's not just the, the numbers part of it. He was a good leader, um, resiliency. He shot a lot of toughness too for the Gators. Yeah, and and just talking about the the interceptions, really, the one on Saturday was the first one all year that's really his fault. Yeah, they've all been tipped, but the first two were catchable balls. The last was a little high, so I mean, really, he's not thrown ball very many just even in danger. There's been a few, but like cut way down on those interceptions. But yeah, he's been he's had to be tough. Now I, I wish he'd gotten better at throwing the ball away a little yeah. a little bit, and uh, that comes back to bite him seemingly once a game. Um, but if he comes back next year, it's something he could look to improve on. But, uh, you know, he definitely showed his toughness because, you know, we went through looking at the bye week or, you know, around the bye week at Arkansas game, trying to look at the sack figures, me and uh, JP Gator in, in the Discord and then uh, Bud, J. Bud Davis, friend of the friend of the Discord. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we were kind of looking through the sacks and, and trying to see what, who we thought was kind of at fault for a lot of them. And we put like a quarter maybe of them on Mertz just in terms of getting the ball out of his hands, not throwing it away. But a lot of it was on other guys. So he definitely got beat up this year. And, you know, that's a tough way to get hurt. You could see his body kind of get from both sides. Um, but he gutted it out and got the first down, which was big at that point of the game. So I think Florida scored on that drive, if I recall correctly. So it was a big conversion too. So um, tough way for his season to end, but man, he's been everything you could have wanted and more. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, big, uh, big, it, it, you brought it up too. Maybe coming back, back next year, we've seen a lot of quarterbacks uh, do that transfer and stay another year and take another leap. And he took a huge leap in year one from his Wisconsin days. A uh, good point about we could see even more, you know, the things that he can improve on if he does come back. And Billy Napier did mention he's going to let him. Uh, announce his plans uh, when they would discuss that in the press conference today. Uh, so, I mean, I don't think there's a whole lot of NFL, even with the jump up this season, I don't, I'm not sure there's a whole lot of NFL love. I mean, maybe you got more on that. I don't know if you're hearing anything um, from, from that perspective, but uh, of course, I think it would be a plus if he returns to Florida. We'll see how Max yeah. Brown plays Saturday as well, and that might factor into it. DJ Lagway coming in. Uh, but, I mean, as of now, I would I would think he'd be back, but I, I guess 
I guess it yeah. still could be in question. I would think so too, but I, I think he's a guy that'll probably do well in a workout setting, mm-hmm. um, throwing the ball. And if he's one thing you heard about him in the offseason after he kind of visited Florida was that this this dude is really smart and he's really good on the board. He understands all that kind of stuff. So he might be a guy that interviews well uh, too in the pre-draft process. So I wouldn't be shocked. You know, you 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 kind of had the talent you were a highly rated recruit and you got a you got a season you can maybe feel like i can go out on a high with my values highest but um i could definitely i would i would imagine more likely that he would come back and try to take that even higher next year especially this is a pretty good quarterback class in terms of the draft so if he that, can come back I and have a really injury. good year yeah, and maybe the injury plays a part too. If he doesn't yeah, feel like he can work out, if, if you're yeah. saying he's a good, maybe he could work out well. If the well, if that workout yeah. is hampered at all, then it may be yeah, best. Don't do that. Yeah, can't put your best foot forward. He's a guy. I mean, he's a guy that probably would, uh, and with the injury, probably takes that away, but would benefit from, uh, you know, if he has another good year, going to a Senior Bowl type game, mm. uh, having a good week of practice, getting around a coaching staff, because he seems to. We everything we've heard about him is that. You know, his teammates love him. His coaches love him. You saw that, like you, you described, he's been tough all year, a good leader. Uh, so that's one of those games where you get around an NFL coaching staff for a week. It's probably helpful. Um, so, yeah, the injury, maybe he wants to just run it back and he can maybe lift his uh, lift his stock a little bit more and then get those kind of postseason opportunities and take advantage of them. All right, well, now, Seth, it's time to turn the page a bit, and it is the battle of backups on Saturday. Uh, Jordan Travis out for Florida State, of course, to Tate Roadmaker uh, leading the charge to them. But, of course, for Florida, we saw it Saturday night there in Missouri. Max Brown plays pretty well in his first meaningful action there for the Gators. Um, and, look, going 4 or 5, 56 yards, had a long of 27, five games this season, 10 of 12, 106 yards, but nothing really meaningful until this last game versus Missouri, of course. Go back, Seth. Oklahoma District 3-3A MVP is a senior. Threw for 27, 50 yards, 41 passing touchdowns, about 1,300 rushing yards with 20 rushing touchdowns at Lincoln Christian in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And in two seasons there, uh, accumulated 4,416 passing yards, 68 passing touchdowns. So uh, has some legs, has some mobility. We saw that uh, on this play Saturday night, but of course can throw the ball as well. Uh, and of course, now uh, against one of the uh, you know pretty good defense here in, in, in FSU, especially up front, uh, and we'll see what that means there. But here's Billy Napier on Max Brown from today. I think Max kind of did what I thought he would do. You know, I think Max is a competitor. Uh, he's got a, he's got a level of belief in himself. You know, he's always been a very confident guy, um, and you know, uh, for the most part, I think we had the one ball exchange, you know, the ball handling issue. Uh, Outside of that, you know, he did what he was supposed to do, you know, and I think um, we changed gears a little bit there to try to help him out, and I think um, critical fourth down throw, you know, into a tight window, and then he threw a nice ball outside on the double move. So, um, you know, first plays in there, he throws a strike to Ricky on the, the naked, so... Um, you know, he did a lot of good things. You know, he's been working hard since the first day he's gotten here. He's improved. Um, and I'll tell you, I think the players have a – there's a – you know, he's got good connection and camaraderie with the players. So I think um, they see him every day. They know who he is and what he's capable of. I think 
you know, ultimately, you know, we just have to we have to play a brand of football that, you know, relative to Max and his experience, what he knows, um, you know, and what he's got confident in, right? And I think we still got to feature the players that we know are important each week. Uh, but ultimately, every offense that I've ever been a part of starts with what the quarterback can do well, right? So um, that'll be part of the plan. Seth, we're going to come full circle here because I remember preseason, you wrote an article about how much this Florida offense would change with Graham Mertz leading the way away from a mobile quarterback, somebody like Anthony Richardson, and now you get those legs back. You get that athleticism back a bit now with Brown taking over. Now, look, there's not a lot of tape on him, and the most tape that we probably have from this past weekend would be the zone replays, read option, him you know, keep ha- having the keepers. And, of course, that's going to be part of this offense now. And we saw it in that game against Missouri. It did open up the middle of that, that run game and allow Johnson and ETN to get some big chunk yardage. So that comes back around to something that you wrote before the season, how much this offense was going to change without that at the quarterback spot. Well, now Florida has it back. How much of an advantage is it? Then, of course, I think it's still an element of surprise, but through the passing game, there's not a lot there, I guess, for FSU to study. But at the same time, he's going to go out there and have to prove it to 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 pass the ball, especially with now most of it being on tape of him being a running quarterback. Yeah, I would I would guess you're going to see a lot of play action. He's he's an athletic guy. He's got a smooth uh, stroke throwing the ball. Um, you saw him. They rolled him out twice off play action. I think they wanted to do it a third time, and the yeah. exchange got fumbled, unfortunately. Um, but both times he made positive plays, completed one pass, and then was able to to get yardage. Um, so I, that'll probably be a big part of it. I think the run game, the 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 read game will will definitely be a part of it as well. They did a little bit of you know what people call modern triple option now, where you have a receiver or a tight end run to the flat. And then you're running your read option. So mm-hmm. if he pulls it, I can throw it out wide now if, if I get a safety or somebody screwing down. So I'm sure you'll see some of that. But I, I think just the threat of him running um, helps in the run game. That's kind of what the, the big thing before the season was, that you don't have a way to control the backside or you didn't as much this year without Richardson. Now they're not going to pay him as much attention as they did Anthony Richardson, but yeah. – I'd imagine you'll get even Missouri. You saw just a little bit slow. You know the backers may be a little bit slow to fold back inside. He's a, you know they they stay a, a step wider for a second longer, and then you crease them up inside. So, and, and I think that's something that you're probably going to need against the Florida State team that's got pretty good pass rushers. Um, you know, and if you can't, you know, one way to neutralize good pass rushers is to run the ball at them. So. Um, you may see a little bit of that, but you know, I, I, I would I would think it's gonna look not too dissimilar. I think the run game will probably be the biggest change, and you probably hope to not get in a ton of drop back situations, but I, I think as something we talked about earlier this year, the passing game is built on certain concepts that they rep a lot in a bunch of different ways. So he's probably practiced the stuff they're running already a ton since he's been on campus. So it shouldn't be anything crazy new, but you, you kind of want to limit probably his dropbacks against some pretty good edge rushers, especially if you're going to be down two tackles. So um, I'm sure that's part of the game plan to maybe limit those dropbacks, but probably a lot of play action, a lot of him in the run game. And you can't really worry about injury because you yeah. need to win. So you got to kind of cut it loose. 
Yeah, yeah, it's a conversation I was having today with some friends too about this game. It was first of all, how much of the playbook does he know? Now, this is his second year. You hope he knows a whole lot of it because I mean, look, we've seen it lately. Billy Napier can dial up some first drives, but <laughs> with a young quarterback like Max Brown, I'm sure this first second drive would be pretty, pretty designed. You know, they'll they'll be pretty scripted. But after that, you know, how much of the playbook? Can they give him when they need a score, when they got to go score, when they got to keep up maybe, you know, can they can they expand the playbook or is it just a few select plays? I mean, it is the second season. He should know the offense pretty well, but it's a whole lot different when you got to go out there and, and, and perform it. But as far as knowledge goes, you hope that he has a pretty good grasp of the playbook here. And now you can expand it a little bit with his legs. Yeah, I wonder if you see less of, you know, him in charge of protection, him in charge of making mm. checks. It might be where this game, it's a little bit more on Napier to just, hey, I got to call the play. I can't rely on him to make a perfect check every time. And you even saw Mertz kind of fall into that where he's trying to make the perfect check too often. Too often. Yeah. And it gets delay of games and things like that. But uh, so it may be more of, hey, we're just going to run with it. And hey, this is this is the play call. Just run it. So you may see less of that. I, I would imagine the shifting in motion stays as because it kind of stayed in when he got in against Missouri. Mm-hmm. They didn't change too much. So I don't think you're going to see big widespread changes. Uh, but maybe, like I said, maybe less drop back. I, I would wonder if you see more screen against Florida State. Uh, make their corners and things, and those guys tackle instead of worrying about these guys rushing the passer. Just get it, get the ball out of your hands. And then run downhill. You had success last year running right at right, right at them. Yeah. Um, and it seemed like they're starting to round into form a little bit up front in terms of the run game. So I'm sure you'll see a good bit of that. But uh, the 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 areas where I think is going to be a lot less than typical is kind of making those checks at the line, making you know making protection calls, changing that. That's probably going to be a lot more on Billy than it has been this season. Um, and, and maybe, and maybe slaughter, maybe slaughter to at center. Um, yeah. and Kingsley's been out, and now he's been really good at that part of it. Now he has struggled physically to play yeah. the game this year. Um, but his knowledge of the offense should be there as well. So you both your centers may help out at, at the same time, but uh, and do wonder if Austin Barber's gonna be back this week too uh, as, as a tackle. But of course, you know, Florida dealing with the injuries there, like you said, but man, it's a, it's a Interesting storyline here now with this with this quarterback spot. Uh, yeah, just just when you thought like you, you obviously aren't happy for right. it, but uh, just when you thought you're going to catch a pretty big break against Florida State, with them not being able to play their starting quarterback, you lose yours in the same week. So, um, yeah, FSU's been on a run of playing a lot of backups or quarterbacks this year. So, um, I wonder how good the defense really is. I, I don't know, but. We'll see. Interesting note on Tate Rodemaker. Uh, he was committed to USF, and the coach he committed to, Kerwin Bell. Ah, yeah. yeah. Your little connection there. Long time commitment to Kerwin. When yeah. Kerwin left, he left. So I got to remember Rodemaker. I got to I got to say that last name right. Yeah. So that's a big time coach in Valdosta, I believe. Yeah, uh, Napier said he knew him. Uh, yeah. They 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 knew each other for or his dad knew. Rodemaker's dad. Oh, uh, so there was yeah. a connection there. So um, I do uh, wonder how much that'll come up uh, in Gainesville. But Napier already talking about it today. Uh, but uh, on Saturday, I wonder if the, the Rodemakers will be in attendance there for uh, hopefully hopefully watching a loss. 
So. Yeah, make, I, I bet they'll make the trip down. I'd imagine. Yeah, I would imagine so. But uh, all right, plenty more. We'll get into uh, we'll get into a little bit of this uh, Gator team this year in conference play, uh, and kind of expand on something Seth wrote for GatorsBreakdown.com uh, as well that I released this morning about you know kind of how close Florida is to being a winning team, but right now they are a losing team. So before we get there. Hey, when your money's on the line, choose a trusted sports book that gives you the tools to win like my bookie. And there's action for new and existing customers. It's Thanksgiving week, so there's a lot of action for you. And a lot of action on the gridiron with the NFL and rivalry week in college football. Make this week even more exciting by betting at my bookie. Use my bookie for daily odds boost, same game parlays, and take advantage of huge prize pool contests. Plus, my bookie has a no-strings-attached cash bonus that lets you deposit and withdraw quick. Just use promo code GATORS in your first deposit and receive up to $200 in cash. That's promo code GATORS to claim your own cash bonus now. Existing customers get up to 50% in a bonus reload. So bet anything, anytime, anywhere, only with my bookie. Seth, uh, Billy Napier was asked today, hey, you guys, a game-winning kick away against Arkansas. And the fourth and seventeen stop away from being seven and four. Do you think this team is better than its record right now? I think we're a, key, a team that can be competitive with about anybody, if that makes sense. We're capable um, of beating anybody, and anybody's capable of beating us, if that makes sense. I mean, I think that's kind of who we are. You know, I think our struggles have been inconsistency. You know, we have we're yet to put it together you know a dominant performance in all three parts of our team uh, some of that is it you know injuries lack of depth use I mean we're not going to allow you know we're not going to allow excuses to creep into what we're trying to accomplish if that makes sense you know we we're trying to improve we're trying to get the most out of our players right and I think it's a fun team to coach because we got some veteran players that are just awesome um, in their approach, attitude, leadership. Um, they've maintained energy, uh, the work ethic, the practice habits. Um, and then we got a lot of guys that don't, they don't know any different, right? I mean, we got a lot of young cats that are just showing up and it's like, what's next? You know, so. Um, you know, and I think there's some things about that that you respect. Um, so, look, you know, we are what our, our record indicates. You know, we've come up short, you know, in a handful of games. So, and we, we can coach better and play better. You know, that's what I think about. You know, I think we, we I'm thinking about things we can do. So, Seth, Billy Napier would was also discussing, look, there's 12 to 15 plays in, in a game. I think that impacted the end result, he says. When you lose these games by these point totals, it's all magnified, so every possession counts. We're talking about 12 possessions a game on average both sides of the ball. I think each one of those where you don't maybe get the result you want, there's something in that possession you can point to that you can do better. That's where we're at as a program. Every time we put the ball down, no matter who the opponent is, that margin for error that you're talking about, I think that's who we are. That's where we're at. Every play counts. Every possession counts. Yeah, this this margin for error for this team is very, very thin. We've seen it on you know in full circle two out of the last three games for sure uh, with uh, Arkansas and, and Missouri. Uh, and kind of goes back to something you said, Seth, when we're talking about just so many plays, 
that are so game changing for Florida that resulting in losses, <laughs> it's there for a win as well. And I'll, I'll just read the beginning of your because it kind of goes to what Napier said today. The beginning of your article, Florida is a losing football team. They have a chance to get back to even in the backup bowl this week. But as of now, it's true. And it's not just true for this season, but also Billy Napier's tenure as a whole beyond experience and talent level, which basically Napier was talking about there. The biggest difference between losing teams and winning teams is that winning teams make plays. Yeah. The, the, I Like winning plays aren't necessarily the big explosive plays. It's just the winning teams, they do the little things correctly. Um, you know, I think the one a lot of people are pointing to, and I think it even got mentioned today in his press conference is the sim- as simple as, you know, ETN running out of bounds instead of just st- falling to his knees and gaining zero yards. You're either getting the timeout from Missouri or you're getting 40 seconds off the clock. So those are the kinds of things. If you want to make that leap, those are the plays you and those are kind of routine. And like he said, he knows he should not have done that. And I'm sure they practice it. You know, I, I put a story in there. The um, My first year of coaching, the guy I coached for is really meticulous. We practice every single situation every week. We spend a lot of time on it. The kids would groan and suck their teeth. But we're like, hey, this is important. Um, and one of them was four-minute offense running out the clock. And – you know, it was, you know, make the ref ask you twice to get up off the ground, make him ask for the football twice. You know, if you toss it to him, toss it at his feet. So he has to bend over and get it and the clock doesn't start. You know, he doesn't wind the clock. But most important is keep two hands on the ball. We're, we're going against the clock. We don't need yards. We need time off the clock. Um, we're playing a district game. Kid tries to fight for a couple more yards. He fumbles. They go down and score. We end up getting a touchdown right at the very end of the game, kind of, lucked out and but then the very next week we're in the same situation he kept two hands on the ball and we were able to run out the clock so unfortunately failure is a really good teacher and sometimes uh it sticks with you more than the 10 minutes you put in every you know friday in in your walk through practice um you know seeing that field goal go through and maybe they wouldn't have got a chance to get there that probably that'll probably stick in your head a little bit more than you know, coach at practice just telling you, hey, make sure you get down. Make sure you just fall to your knees right here. So it's unfortunate, but that's that's how it goes sometimes. And and that's the tough part, especially when, like he said, the margins are thin. And the margins are thin for like, you know, just think about you're the head coach, man, and you've been banging that drum every week and the guy doesn't do it. And you get fired, you know, like that, that happens every, every year in college football. And it's a tough, but that's why, uh, that's why they get paid big money. So. Coach, uh, say from a coaching perspective, two areas I want to go to, and maybe you could dive in. You dove in a little bit on, uh, on the article. Uh, I'll go in sequential order. And I put this tweet out about an hour before we came live here. And, it's been ballyhooed and talked about a whole lot. Was Billy Napier too conservative at the end of the game? And th- that's the ETN where he runs out of bounds and just clock has to stop. But, you know, Florida's in scoring position. They're in field goal range. And they're running the ball really well at that point. Um, that's why I don't consider it, consider it conservative. Billy Napier is a run-first coach by nature. The run game was working. 
and called three straight runs. The third down inexplicably does go out of bounds. That hurts more than anything, and that kind of just blew yeah. the whole plan up anyway. Um, but I think if, if you if pass you talk- on first down, do you pass on second down, or do you, you know? I- I thought maybe on third down you could, but if you told him, "Hey, your running back's going to run out of bounds," he would have thrown on. He would have thrown, <laughs> right? Like if it's, he, I think it's a lot easier to look back on that and say, "Oh, he's too conservative. He should have thrown." It's like forty seconds off that clock, or Mizzou burning that. If Missouri burns that timeout, they don't get it. They were scrambling before that fourth and seventeen. Yeah, called a timeout. Were able to compose themselves, get into a good play. If they don't have that timeout, they probably don't convert, right? And not only that, Seth, they probably can't throw it to the middle of the field. Yeah, so like there, there's it's it compounds that issue kind of compounds things. So yeah, I think if you told him, uh, yeah, uh, your your running back's gonna run out of bounds if you run the ball. He may have thrown, he may have thrown it, or he may have just. I mean, he might have just told you know Max take a knee, take a knee, just take a knee. But that's another that's another part. Florida's running the ball well, and you have a young quarterback, so you're gonna ask him to make the right decision. Maybe and throw a pick and you don't get the field goal at all. And with your with the way your kicker's been kicking for most of the year, you feel like you're pretty much guaranteed to take the lead there if you kick a field goal. So you're gonna yeah, put in a hostile environment against a guy that will bring exotic pressures on third downs. And, <laughs> I mean, and, and they had trouble blocking. So who's to say yeah. Brown doesn't get hit and ball fumbles and don't get or me wrong. We take a sack and you're out of field goal. You know, yeah. it's funny. I was the people I was kind of talking to during the game. I said this. I said, you know how scarred Florida fans are, because we were all kind of talking amongst ourselves, and, and most of the people were saying, "Just run the clock out and kick a field goal with no time left." That's that's the goal. We don't. So when he broke out and it looked like he may have had a chance to score, everyone was kind of like, "Get down, get yeah. down!" Like you yeah. rather because you knew any time on the clock you had a chance to lose the game. So yeah, I, it's it's kind of I I don't look. I don't think it was about being aggressive. Thought he played it pretty smart, but the you know the bat going out of bounds kind of takes <laughs> takes all that out of your hands a little bit and and makes it look a little bit less smart. But you'd have to anticipate he's not going to do that. So yeah, and look, I'm sure it was. I'm sure it was even talked about. Hey, you can't go out of bounds. But in oh, the heat boy. of the moment, in the heat <laughs> of the moment, yes. I, like I said, I'm sure they've drilled this one day one. One day every week of practice for a portion of practice, they probably drill this exact just like they drill two minute, they drill the other side of it. So I guarantee they've gone over this probably a hundred times since that guy's been on campus. And yeah, like you said, he the moment sometimes it just just happens, especially a guy that's had some injury history, you know, this year and maybe doesn't want to take a shot, you know. On it, on like if he's got a shoulder, he maybe maybe not want to take a shot on the shoulder, just instinct, and mm. you know that's just a, a kind of bad luck and um, unfortunate. So, uh, and then the next one, and hey, I, I had the Discord up, and JP Gator just puts it up right now. I mean, literally, I don't even think he's watching, but hey, timing just works out. But uh, Billy Napier's quote on the fourth and seventeen. That's the mm-hmm. I was going to go in there next to you. You detailed it a little bit on, on, in the article, but here's Napier's explanation of it. We've got we've just got to do a little bit better job in the hook areas of the field. Napier said on the fourth and seventeen completion, that's area where receiver runs to the mark and hooks around for a pass. Uh, Rush was also not good enough on that play, says Napier. Um, 
So that was in response to me putting in the Discord, Seth, that maybe nunnery should drop a little bit deeper. And that was the response, you know, JP Gator quoted and, and, and put in there. So does that go hand in hand with the, maybe we should have a little, little bit better job in the hook areas of the field? I mean, of course, you're, <laughs> yeah. you're, you're at the sticks. It's nunnery's the linebacker. It goes over his head, and there's two DBs behind him. Burden still yeah. jogs in between them. What, what is Billy Napier saying there by saying maybe we get to do a little bit better job in the hook areas of the field? Yeah, so they were, and he didn't answer exactly what they were running, but he did after the game. You heard him say we were in a weak rotation, yep. and it was a weak rotation cover three. So the safety from the weak side uh, rotates down into – he's probably a curl flat player, and it looks like they might have had uh, both the linebackers playing the hooks. Um I think it was anticipating a crossing route because as the safety rotates down, number three crosses right where he is, and he picks him up, takes that out. So then the linebacker, if he's the hook player, and it's third and seventeen, I can get depth. He had nothing in front of him, so it, you you know maybe if he's supposed to drop, you know, so hook kind of between the hash, curl flat is kind of hash, and then closer to the sideline, right, five six yards of the sideline, curl maybe closer to the hash. Inside the hashes is kind of that hook area. Mm -hmm. And so if I just drop straight back in my hook area to 20 yards, I'm probably getting the ball thrown to me if I'm nunnery, right? And so after the third receiver crosses the formation, that safety takes him. You've got four defenders on two receivers. I think you had Jaden Hill kind of stay outside a little bit because Mm -hmm. they run a ton of corner routes, and they actually got Florida on that last year on a – third and 18 or third and 19 or maybe even been it was a it was like a third and 17 they ran a basically a flood route so anticipating that you had four guys covering two guys and i think one of your guys just didn't get enough depth he he probably was playing it like it was third and 10 he's got to realize hey it's third and 17 fourth and 17 (laughs) yeah fourth and 17 (laughs) i gotta just keep getting depth i don't care if the quarterback takes off I've got all these dudes with eyes on him because we're playing zone. We're going to rally and tackle him for, at you know ten yards. That's fine. What you can't do is let a guy get behind you and just sit in the zone because Missouri's running. The uh, Weiss is running a vertical straight down the field. So middle safety's got to get depth because if he doesn't, they'll throw it over his head. So there's a pocket between them, and so I, I think your linebacker just didn't get enough depth. And there really wasn't a big reason to um, because he had nothing in front of him and it's fourth and 17. So, hey, man, get depth. And if you do that, I think the ball's either not thrown or it's intercepted. Yeah. Uh, and JP actually put in the Discord, hey, folks, this is what you get on the, on the football no recruiting channel. Like I said, it's pure football strategy talk. And he just replied there. He goes, so it does look like the strong hook nunnery didn't get enough depth. Kind of going what you were just saying there, Seth. Because I have to think that the middle of the field safety, Castell, got too much depth there uh, at the same time. Um, so he goes, originally I was frustrated that they didn't have Hill carry the number two receiver in the scene. But I think they might have been expecting, here you go, a deep outbreaking concept like yeah. Cell or something. So kind of going to what you were, were talking about. Hill working the outside most wide receiver and getting depth would have put him in perfect position to take that away. Yeah, and uh, JP shared with me earlier today uh, – I don't know if you follow SEC Stat Cat. Yeah. He's kind of showed where Missouri's kind of hit charts are in the passing game. Yep. They don't throw a lot of 15 to 20 yard balls down the middle of the field that aren't like post shots. So this is not something they run a ton. 
they run a lot more outbreakers. So with that in mind, you want to make sure you got somebody in the out. But regardless, you've got four over two. You should be in good shape with basically the two guys that are underneath are getting underneath the route and you got two guys on top of the route. You should be, you're basically bracketing both those two routes. You should be in really good shape. Uh, now is like the perfect call. I I may have preferred pressure just to get the yeah. ball out of his hands quicker, but mm-hmm. it's a call. If you execute it, it works. Like it's, it's not like it's a bad call. So, but that's how it goes. Uh, sigh, big sigh. Yeah. Uh, all right, so we'll wrap it up. Uh, Florida finished SEC play uh, with their game against Missouri. Of course, one more game left at a conference versus FSU. Uh, and I posted this on Twitter yesterday or last night, got pretty good traction on it. And, hey, it's a comparison for Florida in SEC play from last year to this year. And, boy, what a story it tells. <laughs> so, last year, points per game for the Gator offense, 28.9 in SEC play. It rose to 30 and a half there for so the offense scoring about a couple points more a game there this year. Um, uh, yards per game, uh, about the same, Four, 423 and a half last year, 422 this year. Uh, and then, oh, here's the ugly one. Uh, hey, how many years have in a row have we said it can't get any worse on defense? And somehow it finds a way to get worse. Defense points per game last year, 28.6. This year, five more at 33.6. And you can see why. Defensive yards per game last year in SEC play, 404.3. This year, 471.3. Oof. Ouch. Uh, not many ways around that one. I mean, it's a oh, 67 yard difference there for yardage from last year's defense to this year's. And Seth, it doesn't paint a pretty picture um, <laughs> no. for this Gator defense ever since 2020. Um, it's just been a side of the ball that you cannot count on, no matter how good the offense is. They have to make up for a pretty bad defense. Um, and, and this year, it, it just kind of, kind of, kind of crept up again uh, for Florida. And hey, look, I mean, defensive points per game last year twenty eight point six. This year thirty three point six. If you just duplicated last year, and the turnovers that that defense last year created, you might have two more wins. That's just that, that's how it may look small in some ways, but given the margin for error that we just talked about for this Gator team. Even last year's defense maybe gets them a couple more wins. Yeah, and, and you know, I think the the biggest part of that is you it's it's strange to look at really cuz you look at they they've gotten better at a couple places like success rate. Really good. But yeah. I saw you shared a tweet uh somebody shared with you that um you know, basically when Florida gives up a successful play, it is insanely successful. It is. And that's kind of where the explosives come in. Like the EPA numbers are terrible, but the success rate numbers are good. So you get like two good plays in a row or a couple of good drives in a row. And then bang, you're giving up a huge explosive yeah. and that just kind of skews everything. And, you know, that's, that's kind of been the big issue this year is you are really, really bad at giving up explosive plays. I think, 
a lot of that comes down to kind of your back end, your kind of youth on your back end a little bit and not being able to generate a pass rush up front, really. And then not turning. That's the other thing. When you turn people over, you get the ball a lot more. They get the ball a lot less. Yes, right. So uh, so people are having the ball a lot more this year than they did last year. So that can contribute to those yardage numbers going up, too. Good point. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I was looking at something because it's something I noticed in the Kentucky game. Uh, Kentucky really attacked the edges of this defense, um, like to the tackle and outside in the run game. And then you see a couple weeks later, South Carolina is trying to do the same thing. And then Georgia is doing the same thing. And then Arkansas is trying the same thing, LSU. So I, I went and looked, and they're giving up on runs, just designed runs, not quarterback runs, not anything like that. Outside the tackle, they're giving up almost seven yards of carry. Inside the tackle, it's four and a half. So – it, they're just – I think a lot of that is you're having to have safeties fitting downhill, mm-hmm. and we're seeing that in the passing game as well. Short passes, like they played a lot of – they played – I think they may have played a little bit more zone last year, but, you know, you play zone this year, ball gets thrown in front of you. Just think Arkansas game, LSU game, you know, first third down of the LSU game. Play zone, the ball gets thrown in front of you. You make a tackle. It's maybe a first down, maybe you're short. You miss the tackle, it becomes like a 40-yard play. So – it's just a lot of compounding issues and and you don't have the high upside with the turnovers either. So yeah, you're just having to kind of sit and take your medicine for the most part. Yeah. So that uh, Florida state, one of the most explosive offenses in the country. Of course that was with Jordan Travis. So we'll see how that translates uh, for, for Florida. But I mean, <laughs> but the way this team is just giving up explosives, it almost says, but in a lot, it kind of going to your point, because of a lot of reasons that some of the explosives like the missed tackles, okay, it doesn't really matter who the quarterback is. If, if the quarterback gets yeah. the ball to a playmaker, like Rodermaker probably can a, a bit, and given FSU's playmakers, okay, you still got to go make a play. No matter who the quarterback is, if the ball is in a skilled player's hands, you have a chance to make a tackle. You got one more game to maybe yeah. just flip a switch. And let me tell you, they're going to run a lot of counter and they're going to run a lot of runs outside the tackle. That's kind of their bread and butter in the run games. They're really good at that. Um, now, it doesn't have the element of Travis keeping it as much, but um, that's, gonna, that's going to be a big part of their game. So you're going to have to be able to take on those blocks on the outside um, and they're going to attack your edges in the run game. So, you know, what, what's interesting is I see, I hear Florida State people talking about the game and they were kind of worried how they're going to do up the middle. I think their center got hurt as well in the last game. So, you know, maybe you can get some push on in the interior, uh, but I'd imagine it's going to be a lot of those, hey, we're going we're gonna to take the ball outside and make your safeties come up and tackle. And, you know, if you get your best game of the year in a tackling front, you know, maybe you're in really good shape. If you don't, much you're, the same. it's pretty much the same thing. <laughs> as well. So, yeah, I just looked it up. Last year, Florida was 100th in success rate. This year, they are 39th. But – they're worse in EPA given up. So Ugh. it's those explosive plays, man. Dang. All right, man. Uh, Seth, you got your film review up yet or not oh, yet? Okay. I mean, listen, I, I put, I, I put a lot of time, not a lot of time, but I recorded for about an hour on the Arkansas game a couple weeks ago and had like yeah. nobody watch. <laughs> I'm trying to readjust my strategies here. To see what, what would be fun. So I may, um, I'm, I'm probably going to try to find some, uh, Max Brown, Max and Brown. stuff and see. Um, we'll talk maybe talk about Max a little bit later this week, what he's done this year. Maybe look at the spring game. I think I still got it. 
So look at what he did there and maybe what kind of schemes we might see from Florida in this Florida State game. That'll probably be coming out next day or two. But maybe even highlight maybe even highlight that uh outside FSU run game. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want I don't want people to be too depressed from Florida games. I mean just show the Kentucky film from Florida. <laughs> yeah. and that's that's yeah. probably all we gotta go by and, yeah. and see there. So hey Seth, uh, thanks man one more time joining us right here on no Gators problem. Breakdown. Right there on YouTube, Varnador Films. You can check his work out there. Also, GatorsBreakdown.com as well. Uh, you can check out Seth's work. So, all right, that'll do it for this episode of Gators Breakdown. Florida, Florida State coverage coming up this week right here. Thanks for Seth for joining us right here. I am the host of Gators Breakdown, David Waters. You can find me on social media at GatorDave underscore SEC. Guys and girls out there, thank you for joining us on this episode of Gators Breakdown.